Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. We are visitors on this planet. His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama is speaking. We are here for 90, 100 years at the very most. During that time, we must try to do something good, something useful with our lives. Try to be at peace with yourself and help others share that peace. If you contribute to other people's happiness, he says, you will find the goal, the true meaning of life. That's the whole sermon. (laughs) Here's the commentary. (laughs) One of the central teachings of Tibetan Buddhism is the directive to put ourselves in another person's place. This is a way to build the muscle of equanimity and of compassion. To put ourselves in another place is way easier said than done. We begin with our heart. Breathing in, we soften our recalcitrant, hardened heart. Breathing out, we open our heart. You can try it with me. Breathing in, we soften. Breathing out, We open in, soften, out, open. With this practice, we experience our capacity for unconditional caring and generosity in, soften. Out, open. I don't want to. I don't want to have anything to do with people who are fearful and angry and hateful. I don't want to soften and open. It isn't a viable option. It isn't an option with which we can live. In his poem, September 1, 1939, poet W.H. Auden wrote in part, waves of anger and fear circulate over the bright and darkened lands of the earth, obsessing our private lives. I and the public know what all school children learn. Those to whom evil is done do evil in return. We must love one another or die. 
breathing in, we soften our recalcitrant, hardened heart. Breathing out, we open our heart. Breathing in, we soften. Breathing out, open. Lama Suryadas writes, for centuries the learned practitioners of Tibet have used this powerful and advanced practice as a way of loosening up, freeing up, and dissolving the barriers between self and others by transforming self-centered attitudes. When we replace self-concern with a concern for others, we build our character and refine our spirituality. When we change our point of view, change it. We change the entire atmosphere. The less full of ourselves we are, the more room there is for others. In the book, our Buddhist reading group here just finished reading, Jack Cornfield tells this story. Once on the train from Washington to Philadelphia, I found myself seated next to a man who'd quit his job with the State Department to run a rehabilitation program for juvenile offenders in the District of Columbia. Most of the young people he worked with were gang members who had committed homicide. One 14-year-old in his program had shot and killed an innocent teenager to prove himself to his gang. At the trial, the victim's mother sat impassively silent until the end, when the youth was convicted of the killing. After the verdict was announced, she stood up slowly, stared directly at him, and stated, I'm going to kill you. Then the boy was taken away to do time in the juvenile facility. After the first half year, this mother of the slain child went to visit his killer. He had been living on the streets before the murder, and she was the only visitor he had. For a time, they talked, and when she left, she gave him a little money. Then she started to visit him more regularly, bringing food and small gifts. Near the end of his three-year sentence, she asked him what he would be doing when he got out. He was confused and very uncertain. She offered to set him up with a job at a friend's company. And then she inquired about where he would live. He had no family. She offered him temporary use of the spare room in her house. For eight months, he lived there, ate her food, and worked at the job. And then one evening, she called him into the living room to talk. She sat down opposite him and waited. Do you remember when I said I was going to kill you? I'll never forget it, he said. Well, I did, she said. I did not want that boy who could kill my son for no reason to remain alive on this earth. I wanted him to die. That's why I started to visit you and bring you things. That's why I got you the job and let you live here in my house. 
And that boy, he's gone. So now I want to ask you, since that killer is gone, and my son is gone, if you will stay here, I'd like to adopt you. And so she became the mother he never had. She became the mother of her son's killer. Imagine. Breathing in, we soften our recalcitrant, hardened heart. Breathing out, we open our heart. Breathing in, soften. Breathing out, open. William Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice, Portia, is speaking to Shylock. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven. Upon the place beneath, it is twice blessed. It blesses him that gives and him that takes. American Tibetan nun Pema Chidron calls this sharing the heart. The essence of this practice is that we encounter pain in our life. And when we encounter that pain, we breathe into our heart with the recognition that others also feel this. It's a way of acknowledging when we're closing down and of training to open up. When we encounter any pleasure or tenderness in our life, we cherish that and rejoice. And then we make the wish that others could also experience this delight or this relief. In a nutshell, when life is pleasant, think of others. When life is difficult, think of others. If this is the only training we ever remember to do, it will benefit us tremendously and everyone else as well. It's a way of bringing whatever we encounter on to the path of awakening. Pema Chidron continues, even the simplest of things can be the basis of this practice, a beautiful morning, a good meal. Although there are many such ordinary fleeting moments in our days, we usually speed right past them. We forget the joy they can bring. So that first step is to stop, notice, and appreciate what is happening. And then we think of someone who's suffering and wish that they could have this pleasure to sweeten up their lives. When we practice giving in this way, we don't bypass our own pleasure. Say we're eating a delicious strawberry, we don't think, oh, I shouldn't be enjoying this so much. Other people are hungry. We just fully appreciate the luscious fruit, and then we wish that others could know that pleasure. We wish that anyone who is suffering could experience such delight. Discomfort of any kind also becomes the basis for practice. 
We breathe in knowing that our pain is shared. There are people all over the earth feeling just as we do right now. That simple gesture is a seed of compassion for self and others. If we want, we can go further. We breathe out. We wish that a specific person or all beings could be free of suffering and its causes. In this way, our toothaches, our insomnia, our fear become our link with all of humanity. Pema Chidron concludes, this simple way of training with pleasure and pain allows us to use what we have, wherever we are, to connect with others. It is what it will take to heal us and to heal our brothers and sisters and cousins on this planet. Beloved spiritual companions, the less full of ourselves we are, the more room there is for others. Let us exercise the muscle of empathy and compassion and so build our capacity for unconditional caring and generosity. Breathing in, we soften our recalcitrant, hardened heart. Breathing out, we open our heart. Breathing in, soften. Breathing out, open. Let us try to be at peace with ourselves and help others to share that peace. When we contribute to other people's happiness, we will find the true meaning 